The Fantasy Hockey Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the head-to-head matchups. Download the app today or just head over to betterfantasy.com backslash SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com backslash SGPN. We're also brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io backslash SGPN. That's SoBet.io backslash SGPN. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Hello and welcome into the Fantasy Hockey Podcast presented by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am your host, Justin Bruni. Joining me as always is my co-host, Nicholas Olzak. How are we doing, sir? Doing good, doing good. Ready to talk some hockey in an early morning here. Big weekend ahead, so let's get right into it. Yep, yes, sir. We are recording on 129. It's Saturday. We're a day earlier than usual, so we'll give you some uh, weekend tidbits here and some good um, g- good info to start week 16. Uh, how is your week 15, though, looking, Nick? we got a couple days left here of week 15. I think we've got about seven or eight weeks left of the regular season. How's it shaking out for you? My week 15 has been a handful, to say the least. Uh, the team I'm playing, I'm actually losing right now, 327 to uh, 313. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys have been putting up good numbers, but at the end of the day, uh, the guy I'm playing has a really good team. He has JT Miller stepping up for him, Kale McCarr, Joe Pavelski, Marc-Andre Fleury, a few big names there. And mm-hmm. so it's just a process of just trying to get more games, trying to get that edge going on in this matchup. And I'm hoping to get that today. Um, and uh, yeah, hoping to close this one out and improve to 13-2. and two. How about you? How is uh, your matchup going? Handful. A uh, very, very similar situation, minus the fact that I'm uh, not very close. I've been trying to throw up Hail Marys all week. I've been adding and dropping a lot of players, maybe some that I shouldn't have, maybe some that I may come to regret. I'm losing 389 to 306, and you know I've gotten the, the margin down to like 30 or 40 at times, but my opponent just keeps coming back and back with more. I have been holding Alex uh, Nedeljkovic this week. He hasn't had any points registered. I'm hoping to get some uh, some action out of him this weekend. You know, he had he had a good little run there um, where he was putting up you know really solid numbers, but his last like three starts have been really really bad, including four goals against up against Chicago. So I guess that was a, a negative game. He's got me under zero points this week, so not so great. Um, yeah, ho- hoping for the best, but expecting the worst here. 389 to 306. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to pull it out. I'm going to need a couple of big, uh, like Hail Marys already. I did have a couple of bright spots. You know, I picked up Trevor Zegers uh, the day he had the uh, the Michigan goal, so that was kind of cool. You know, seeing that. Um, but then I look at the scoreboard. I'm just like, well, I'm still down <laughs> by a lot. So right, uh, se- seven and seven, sitting in fifth place. Uh, I got you next week. I got you. I got you on the book. So uh, you coming off a loss wouldn't be so bad. And I did beat your opponent. Uh, that you're losing to right now. So I did beat him the last go around. Maybe I maybe I shot up against you, and uh, yeah, I think I have him coming up uh, again as well. Yeah, we always love the uh, little brotherly rivalry we always have going. That we do. That we do. Mm-hmm. We go um, back and forth. We have fun. <laughs> that that, that that's yeah. true. That's true. I think I still have kind of like the strong nod right now. I've got, I've got the the little bump ahead until we get to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taken down. You were the one seed, or was you the two seed last year? Last year, I was the one seed, you were the eight, yeah. and we right, played right, the first right. round, and that was the uh, week, I think Mika Zabinijad had like two back-to-back hat-tricks against uh, the Flyers or something, bang, something crazy like that. Bang, bang, That's why I don't pick a goalie in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> I got Zibby again this year. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for some more magic, hoping for some more magic. Mm-hmm. All right, let's jump into some of our content here. We're looking at uh, 
the the team to beat this year, Nick, who who's who's it going to be? We're a little bit more than halfway through the season here. We got Colorado who just won their ninth game straight. Panthers are playing well. Lightning are looking good. Uh, Golden Knights are about to get back, uh, or not get back Jack Eichel, but get Jack Eichel insulated into their lineup. Penguins got back again. Malkin. Any of these teams, team I didn't mention, that you're looking to uh, to make a deep run here or potentially just take home the whole thing? I think the Colorado Avalanche, on paper, they have a really good team. They can make a deep run. You know, the mm-hmm. emergence of Nazem Kadri, Burakovsky, even a guy like Alex Newhook, solid mm-hmm. depth player for them. Their first line, McKinnon, Ranton, and Landis Gog, their defensive, Devon Tays, Kale McCarr. Darcy mm-hmm. Kemper's been solid back there. And they're just tearing up the central. Like you mentioned, nine straight wins. Second place behind them is uh, Nashville, and they're a little far off. But, yeah, I mean, Colorado, they've got a sizable lead in the Central. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's some other teams, like you mentioned, the Lightning. They have a good chance. I just don't see them making a, a cup run necessarily. I think they'll for sure be a solid team in the playoffs. I don't see them winning another cup. I don't see the 3 P happening. The Panthers, I just I don't envision them going that far. But I like the Colorado Avalanche probably to take home the whole thing right now, just on paper with their production the regular season. But as we all know, playoff playoff hockey is a whole different game, whole Mm -hmm. different style of play. So anyone can really come out and uh, dominate. But yeah, I'm sticking with the Avalanche right now. Yeah, I I really can't disagree with you. Uh, The ninth win, ninth straight win, excuse me, up against the Blackhawks definitely speaks loudly to their season. They're without Nathan McKinnon, who's going to be missing some time. Uh, we'll have that conversation come up here in a little bit with uh, Nishushkin uh, for the Colorado Avalanche, available on the waiver wire. Uh, but yeah, they're a very deep team. I think the only piece I'd like to see them maybe upgrade is the the goaltending position. Kemper's having a good season, but I wouldn't hate if they you know just got aggressive here at the deadline. Maybe go out and get to Jonathan Quick. You know, I'm not saying he's going to be more trustworthy uh, than Kemper, but I feel like you know if if they're not satisfied with what they have, I like I'd like to target him or maybe. You know, a younger guy like Jake Ottinger or Vanasek. You know, I think there's going to be some goalies available at the deadline. So that'll be interesting. Uh, He does have 20 wins on the season of their 31. uh, But I feel like they, you know, they'd like to have another guy there, um, you know, to try to make a deep playoff run. But yeah, I can't really disagree. Florida's playing really well as as well. They have 65 points on the season, same as Colorado. Tampa Bay's at 63. They're always going to be a tough team to beat. Those would probably be my top three options, Colorado, Florida, and Tampa Bay to take it, take home the whole thing. Uh, but I agree with you. Colorado, top to bottom, they're, they're going to be a really tough team to beat, especially that top line when fully healthy. McKinnon, Landis Gog, Rontanen, uh, they're just a deadly combination. And they've got a, a, a lot of youth and a lot of depth on defense. Uh, they're going to get back Ryan Murray. They're going to get back uh, Bowen Byram here soon. So they're going to become an even deeper team than they already are. And they're winning with missing a lot of these guys already. So they've been solid. Have to love it. Have to love it. 100%. Yeah. All right. Let's jump into the waiver wire conversation. First up, Valerie Nishushkin of the Colorado Avalanche. Um, Nathan McKinnon, he is going to be missing some time here with with a concussion. So that pushes up Valerie to the first line. He's going to be playing along Rontanen, uh, who's taking now the center role, and Landis Gog at wing. Playing on the top line, top line, playing top minutes. He's got five points in his last eight games. What are you looking at here, Nick? Um, this is someone I would definitely grab 100%. Um, based on how long he stays on first line, he could be a long-term hold. I don't know exactly know how long McKinnon's going to be out for. Mm-hmm. But as long as he's playing on that top line, he's someone that you grab. Just because Colorado's a hot team, playing alongside Ranton and Landeskog, he's going to produce. Um, he's got a favorable schedule coming up. He's got Buffalo uh, tomorrow. And then mm-hmm. on the first, he's got uh, Arizona. Tampa Bay might be a hard one, but then they go to Dallas. So I like his schedule. I like his minutes. I like his numbers. So fire me up some Valerie Nichushkin. Mm-hmm. He is going to have a pretty long layoff from the 1st through the 10th of February. So you're going to get him for these next couple of matchups here. But McKinnon may be back after that point. Yeah. But like you said, they're mm-hmm. very good matchups. Buffalo on the 30th tomorrow to end your, your Week 15 matchup. February 1st, a nice little uh, matchup up against Arizona to start your Week 16 matchup. So, yeah, I like him through those next couple of matchups here. I don't think he's going to be a hold much um, much longer than that. 31% rostered on Yahoo platforms, plus 12% across the last day. Definitely someone that you want to add, maybe even sprinkle into some DFS as well. He's going to have a few more extra opportunities here through at least these next couple of games. We'll get an update on McKinnon here in the uh, upcoming week, probably like Tuesday or Wednesday. All right, next up. 
a much more uh, brand name type of player. We've got a Vander Kane now with the Edmonton Oilers. Looks like he's going to be playing on that top line with uh, Connor McDavid. He's got a matchup today up against uh, Montreal and then another matchup on the 31st up against Ottawa. These are some pretty good opportunities to to get rolling here for Evander Kane. Uh, is he going to be worth it, Nick? Is he? Uh, he's playing on the top line, but is he going to be playing a lot of minutes? I have to believe the conditioning is going to come into play here. Yeah, I think that's a big thing for Evander Kane because it's been a long, long minute since he's stepped on the ice for an NHL game. He's mm-hmm. already been through enough crap as it is, stuff away from the rink. But now that he's back at the rink, the question is, will he be able to play? at that top level. And right now I'm saying no, but you never know what could really happen. You know, he's been away from the game for a long time, but it, you know, if he does step up, which I think is also possible as well, because I think if you are going to grab Kane, it's going to be kind of a hold. He does good. You keep him. If he doesn't, he's just going to go. No, uh, no really risk involved, but um, mm-hmm. no, this is an Edmonton team. That's really going to need something like him. If he comes out and plays like old Evander Kane, to make that push for them. They're sitting outside the playoff spot, which is crazy because of how deep of a lineup they have with guys like Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl. Mm-hmm. And I saw a thing this would be, in the Connor McDavid seven years, this would be the fourth time that he misses the playoffs if they miss this year, which um, says something about the Edmonton Oilers. You could see a little shakeup there if they miss the playoffs oh, again. A little. They need a big They need a big shakeup. You know, playing behind teams like San Jose, Calgary, the Kings. Mm-hmm. The Kings are third in the in the Pacific Division, so yeah, they're falling behind some teams that are you know on paper way behind the Edmonton Oilers. So yeah, mm-hmm. you'd like to see them get a little bit of an upgrade there from Kane. I just feel like there's gonna take there's gonna be some acclimating time. Like he may not wind up lasting on that top line with Connor McDavid. He might get shifted down with Leon Dreisaitl. He might spend some time with Ryan Nugent Hopkins on the third line. Like I feel like they are going to experiment a little bit here because that you're right. They have they have to make something happen here. Otherwise this team's going to get blown up, you know. Um, you look at the the back end, obviously they're not playing solid hockey. I mean, Duncan Keith, yeah, he's getting a little bit older, but Darnell Nurse has always been solid. Dreisaitl's always been solid, solid. McDavid's been solid, but you know, they do have some less less than desirable play on their third and fourth line. And I feel like that's where Kane might be able to make up some of the ground. You know, you're constantly keeping McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Kane on the ice. You know, one of them. Because Evander Kane does have that star level factor to him. Like, he can bring you, you know, some high-level production. I just feel like it may take a little bit of time. There's going to be some acclimating periods. Honestly, I'm not interested in picking him up right now because I want – you know, especially in a position that I'm in, like, I, as I just told you guys, like I'm seven and seven, I'm in fifth place. I want safer plays. You know, I'm going after trending players, like guys that are scoring in consecutive games, not guys that are trying to get off the ground and, and kind of figure it out with their lineup and, you know, where they're going to be playing. I don't know if he's going to be playing over 17 minutes or not. And I can find a lot of guys on the waiver wire. that are getting a lot of playing time that have been putting up that production that I feel I can just trust a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So for right now, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to stay away. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I agree with you. And I think too, once he gets some more production going, once he starts to kind of build his name back up again, then I think that's someone that you can definitely look at to pick up if he can mm-hmm. stay in that top six. Because right now, yeah. like you said, it's really hard to tell someone that hasn't played hockey in an NHL game in a long time. So uh, yeah, I would say let him get some games under his belt, get some points, and then yeah, maybe then we can talk about picking him up. Yeah, he had 49 points in 56 games last season. So there's a lot of opportunity there. And that was on, you know, the San Jose Sharks team that wasn't playing very well. I mean, obviously right. the Oilers, they can provide more offense, but they still have to balance it out and keep it clean and try to get some more W. So we'll see what happens there. But for me, it's a stay away. 100%. Next up, we have uh, Damon Severson. Nick, I saw you pick him up this morning, you sneaky bastard. He's got mm-hmm. seven points in his last six games, playing a ton of minutes. What do you think here? Well, I already know what you think. You already picked him up, so. Yeah, I'm looking and just getting edging a, a matchup here. I've got uh, who do I have playing. Yeah, I've got him playing with Devontae's, Victor Hedman, Drew Doughty, and so mm-hmm. I'm just looking to stack up on my defense for today. That's a really big thing if I'm trying to get my advantage against my opponent who only has one defenseman in Jacob Slavin playing today. So you got to find the little uh, mismatches and try and get something going, and that's exactly what I'm doing with Damon Severson. Looking at his numbers, I mean, the team hasn't been doing so hot. But they've been playing a lot of hard teams like the Los Angeles Kings, Dallas Stars, Tampa Bay Lightning. And even in all these games, Severson is on a four-game point streak. Um, had a goal and an assist in his last game, an assist the game before. 
Um, he had two assists up against the Kings. But uh, the one big thing for me that's going to be a big determination whether I hold him down the stretches is plus minus. It's just not there. The last three games sure. he's been in the negative. But, um, I mean, he is shooting the puck. But, um, yeah, if he does really good today, he could be someone I hold on to uh, for a longer stretch of time. And uh, maybe he'll get in the rotation as a fifth defenseman. But right now he's an ad drop guy until he gives me a reason to keep him on the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is a was it minus three, minus five, minus six in his last six games. But mm-hmm. he does have at least one assist in his last four games, and he did have two assists in that game against the Kings. The fantasy points are there, 12.7, 7.5, 11.7, and 8.8 in his last four starts here. So I think that uh, that's enough for me, and he's on the ice a ton. And each of those games, he's played over 25 minutes in his last four starts. So a lot of opportunity there. Um, that's what's going to you know give him more value to get shots on net. Like, yeah, he, he's not an offense first guy, but he definitely gets his fair share. Uh, definitely used on the power play. I think, yeah, you, you, you grab him, you try to use him for this weekend, and you see what you get out of him. He's got a, a good matchup up against uh, Ca- uh, Carolina. They beat Carolina in their uh, their last game against them on the 22nd, 7-4. to four. So, you know, maybe they try to roll in uh, using some of that momentum from that game. Carolina, obviously a very good team this year. But, you know, when your head's, when your head's right, your head's right. So let's see what the Devils can do today. All right, next up we've got Tage Thompson of the Buffalo Sabres. He has a game today on the 29th and tomorrow on the 30th. So he's a nice little weekend stack. You know, try to get you that double production some uh trying to get some salvageable production out of week week 15 he's got arizona today and colorado tomorrow as the buffalo sabers are on a road trip excuse me he has six points in his last six games the negative games are not so great very similar to severson nick uh he's finished you know negative in his last uh four four starts here he's minus three across his last five games but he's not really finishing negative and a couple of games ago he did pop in two goals uh, getting the puck to the net at a fairly decent rate. I think he's a good ad. You know, he's been playing a lot better since uh, Alex Tuck has lined up next to him on that first line. I uh, feel like he's kind of turning the corner a little bit. 34% rostered, 10% plus in the last day. What do you think? Um, Yeah, I think it's someone that I would definitely grab for today's matchup against Arizona. Someone that's an ad drop player if he's available in your league. Only 34% owned, so he might be someone that you can grab. But um, after today, he's not someone I would really look at keeping long-term because he does have a decently hard couple games here. He's got the Colorado Avalanche, the Las Mm -hmm. Vegas Golden Knights, Columbus Blue Jackets, Montreal might give them a hard time. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, just because of his schedule, I just don't see a lot of upside for him going down the stretch. I do like that matchup against Arizona. I think that'll be a very close game today. And Mm -hmm. um, I think he's someone that could probably produce in that kind of a matchup. But um, long-term, I just don't see as much upside as I do other players. While he is mm-hmm. playing on the first line, it's on the Buffalo Sabres. So sure. from right, for right now, um, he's someone that would be an ad drop until um, he proves um, that he can produce more at uh, a level that can stay on my roster. Yep, absolutely. Playing on playing on the Sabres, that will give you a minus 10 on the season playing on that, playing on that first line. So... While you you do have the positives of the offense, yeah, the, the back-end play is not going to be so great for sure. Right, 100%. Right. Next up, we've got Dylan Strom of the Chicago Blackhawks. Just 9% rostered despite the recent surge of offense. 10 points in his last eight games. He's been playing in the first line with Kane and Hagel. Uh, he did have four points in a 8-5 to five victory barn burner over the Detroit Red Wings. Hey, you know, you can always be bad Blackhawks, but at the end of the day, you got to beat the Red Wings. Eight to five, that was a nice game. He had a hat trick and an assist as well, but only finished as a plus one in that game. Ouch, for four points, he only finished a plus one. That's not great. Had six shots on goal. I mean, there's been a nice little surge of offense here playing on that top line through his last four games. Um, The worst performance he had was against Colorado. Uh, Not this last game. Uh, they, They lost yesterday the 28th. That was Colorado's ninth straight win. Uh, but a couple of games prior, they had played Colorado on the road, and he only put up 1.9 points. Didn't go negative, but didn't really boom for us either. I think Dylan Strom might be a decent ad spot here, but I feel like we're waiting for it to fall off the shelf. What do you think? You know, I think with Dylan Strom, he might have heard a word or two that uh, he was out. He was going to be out the door possibly at the deadline. Stepped up the play. Um, really like what I see out of him. Um, 
you know, like you said, he's got a hat trick against the Red Wings, a couple assists up against uh, the Avalanche. But one of the things about this team is the last couple games, they've been scoring goals, you know. Even though they're 1-1, one one, they've still put up 12 goals, which is a pretty good thing to do in this league. And, uh, mm. I mean, he's shooting the, shooting the puck a decent amount, not really that much. He had a lot of shots up against Detroit, but outside that, his shots have been kind of low. But, yeah, I mm-hmm. think he's someone that could be a solid ad drop player, especially playing that first line with uh, Brandon Hagel and Patrick Kane. Mm-hmm. I have Patrick Kane myself on my fantasy team. And so that line I can just see from firsthand is getting a lot of production. And he is mm-hmm. also on the first power play unit with uh, Hagel and Kane as well. So he's going to get all those looks. He's going to get that ice time. Um, so, yeah, if he, you grab him and uh, – he starts doing well, then fire him up, hold on to him, and uh, who knows, maybe you could flip him later in the year. But yeah, right now, he is definitely an ad drop candidate at the moment. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you mentioned like all that offense they produced. The Blackhawks have scored 12 goals in their last two games, but the previous three games, they only put up four. And even in the last two games, yeah, they scored 12. They let up 11. Mm-hmm. Now, they scored 12 goals in the last two games, and in those two games combined, Dylan Strome finished at an even zero. Minus one in his last game and plus one in the huge win over Detroit. You know, like this team's always night and day. The three games before that where they scored only four goals through three games, they allowed uh, 11 goals. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. some of his success obviously is going to come with the trends of the team. They're playing really well the past couple of games. He could be a nice little add here. I like the matchup up against Vancouver. Uh, Minnesota, not so much. Edmonton and St. Louis after that, I like those. You know, in that Minnesota game, you're just banking on the Blackhawks being able to put up offensive production, and the Wild have been known to to let in three or four at times. Uh, but I wouldn't trust them in that game. I like them in this matchup up against Vancouver on the 31st to start the week. Uh, but beyond that, I'm not sure he's going to be a, a stronghold candidate. 100%, yeah. All right, next up we've got uh, Barclay Goudreau of the New York Rangers. Just a very simple one here. He's only 18% rostered. He scored a goal in three straight games. There isn't really much production from him out of this season, but he's caught a nice little a streak here. Are you riding that streak? He's got matchups up against Seattle, Florida, and Boston in his next three games. You know, the Rangers have been a pretty solid team this year. Um, Barclay Goudreau has been one of those guys that's been on and off the waiver wire. Big thing with him is he plays all three positions on the ice. He can play center, left wing, and right wing for his forward positions. So that makes him very flexible. If you are going to add him, he can play in any of those spots. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, goals in three straight games. I would, yeah, I don't think it's going to hurt to get him in for a couple games because his, all, his schedule the next couple uh, days, he's got a game on the 30th and the 1st. But then after that, they got the all-star break coming up, and then he's mm-hmm. going to be off until the 15th. So, yeah, I would get him in for those two games. But after that, I would drop him because I don't see someone like him getting uh, – much long-term success down the stretch. Even though he's on a good team, I just mm-hmm. don't see someone getting that much success, especially with the, having a two-week break. you got to have other guys you can get in the rotation. So, yeah, I would just get him for uh, the next couple of days and then get rid of him after that. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, I would like his production to be a little bit higher. He's playing on line two with Ryan Strom and Panarin. So, you know, for 10 goals and 10 assists on the season, I feel like that's pretty low. 59 shots on net through the through the year. I feel like that could be higher as well. Uh, he's been getting the puck to the net at a more consistent rate these last three games. He has 11 shots through his last three games, and he has been playing a lot more minutes. So um, someone to follow, but like you said, you know, not going to hold much value after these next couple of games here. I like to add him for the 30th and uh, the 1st of February. You get a nice little start to Week 16. Maybe he stays um, trending. Maybe he keeps scoring getting on the bo- uh, getting in the box score that's pretty much it you know just keeping it really simple here he's a trending guy he's fine in the back of the net he's got a little bit of a touch to him it's probably going to die out maybe you can take advantage of it before it does before this long break mm-hmm. all right those were our ad options we're going to jump over to our drops but before we do we're going to hit a quick break and get a quick word from our sponsors are you ready to win money and boost your odds WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, sports from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, and of course, college football. WinBet has some brand new bonuses. Check out the Bet $5 to win 400 in free bets. 
Also, you can win a VIP trip to Shaq's Funhouse in Los Angeles. Bet $20 on WinBets, build your own bet feature, and earn a chance to win a once-in-a-lifetime experience for the big game. You and three guests will receive a VIP experience at Shaq's Funhouse, two nights at Win Las Vegas, a $5,000 free bet at Win Las Vegas Sportsbook, and a $5,000 travel credit. You can't beat it. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Are you ready to play? Sign up today and receive a special offer, risk-free, $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. You can always find the best odds because you're buying directly from other bettors, just like yourself. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will double it up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. If you're not using PropSwap, then you're missing out. Okay, and we're back. First drop candidate, we have talked about him before, uh, is Evan Rodriguez of the Pittsburgh Penguins. He is just not performing very well. I believe he has just two points in his last 10 games plus. It might even go beyond that. He's playing down on the third line right now. He's not getting as much action with uh, Malkin or Crosby. Uh, playing along uh, Jeff Carter and the other wingers is for, I'm forgetting, maybe it's McKinn? Yeah, McGinn. Brock McGinn. Brock McGinn, thank you. Um, so yeah, the, the production is just not there. I mean, he was um, surging, you know, to start the season. Crosby's come back; he's gotten hot. Chris Letang's gotten hot. We're gonna be talking about him in a little bit. Uh, Rodriguez still fifty six percent rostered on Yahoo platforms, only minus three in the last day. I don't know if he's a hold candidate anymore, Nick. Like he's not really doing much of anything here. Yeah, I don't think he's really a hold candidate right now. I remember at the beginning of the year. Um, Watching the first game of the NHL season, it was uh, the Lightning up against the Penguins. And it was no Crosby, no Malkin. And this Evan Rodriguez kid came out staring the first line, and he was flying. He was all over the place. And after that game, he was just rolling for most of the year. Had a really, really hot start. And since Crosby's come back, you know, the lineup's getting healthier. He's kind of falling down the depth chart, getting uh, passed up by, by uh, guys like Kasperi Kapanen. Danton Heinen and so he's just starting to lose that spot because of his production but um I do like their third line though I know Jeff Carter he can produce at a pretty heavy rate I'm not 100% sure about Brock McGinn but um yeah he was someone I would definitely drop right now and only bring him back as a simple add drop candidate because the minutes aren't going to be there the points aren't going to be there maybe if you need a quick game one night then yeah you could totally grab him but right now he's someone I would definitely get rid of as well yeah, he's, he's a big, dumb candidate. Like I said, still 56% rostered on Yahoo platforms. Uh, I'm not with it. He's going to need to sh show me a pretty big turnaround. Uh, there are some games where the minutes are there, some games where the minutes are not. I've seen him play as low as 10 minutes a game and then come back and play 17 the next. And He's been yeah, fluctuating anywhere from you know 14 to 17 minutes a game. So he, it's a big, uh, big drop candidate for me. Uh, this next guy, 76% rostered. In comparison to Evan Rodriguez, it's a pretty big disparity here in production. So Rodriguez had 15 and 17 this season, 15 goals, 17 assists, and is a plus eight. This next guy, 76% rostered, Tyler Sagan. He's 12, 7, and minus 13 on the year. Uh, he had a nice little run from the 18th through the 21st, but he has completely shut down since then. Um, he has 1.8, 1.8, and 5.7 in his last three games. I mean... <sighs> I don't know why people are holding on to this guy. That's a pretty big ownership rate for someone who's minus 13 and doesn't really get to the puck, get the puck in the net pretty frequently. What do you think about Sagan? Yeah, I think um, he has a lot of name brand value to him. I think that's a very big thing with Tyler Sagan. Um, like you said, the numbers really aren't there. He comes out in spurts, really. He gives a couple big games. Um, we saw a couple weeks ago we had a two-goal game, and then he had a two-point game. But, um, yeah, he's just someone that produces in spurts, someone that's not going to be consistent in fantasy. And so he would be someone that I would get rid of. And I also mm -hmm. think there is possibility he could get moved in the NHL too. You know, with numbers like that, I think he could get moved to a uh, team with a higher chance of making a push or whatever in the playoffs. 
Um, I don't know exactly who yet, but I think, uh, yeah, he was someone I would probably, I don't think you would drop him yet. I think he still has some trade value again, the name brand value that comes with being Tyler Sagan. I think you might be able to get a small deal done for him and maybe get some sort of return. Maybe a guy like uh, Elias Pettersson, maybe, or maybe a Blake Wheeler who's just coming mm-hmm. off of IR. So, yeah, I think I wouldn't drop him. I would try and move him for some sort of value back. I don't know if he's going to be very movable. The minus 13 is not very appetizing. Um, I'm going to say to stay away and to keep him off my roster until, you know, he'd have to make a pretty big turnaround again. I mean, when he was playing well, he had a goal and assist, two goals and assist, and an assist through those three games. Like, it, it was looking like he was, you know, starting to get better, but then, you look at the matchups, Montreal, Buffalo, Detroit, like say no more. Like he was just in a good little spot. Even he had a good matchup up against uh, Philly. We were talking about him last week on our DFS segment. Hey, that's a really great matchup. Philly is on a terrible run. They allow a lot of goals. Top six in the, top six in the league at that time. He had three shots on net and finished as a plus one. Like nothing really that amazing. So uh, right. he's a big stay away candidate for me right now. Uh, next guy up we have is Brian Dumoulin of the Pittsburgh Penguins. 8% rostered. Um, not really doing a ton, but not doing a lot to hurt you either. 5.8, 1.8, 8.9, and 5 points in his last four games. Uh, 21.8 if you go back to the fifth game. Uh, what do you think about Dumoulin right now? Um, you know, Dumoulin's holding his own right now. He's someone that's producing consistent numbers. I know in a lot of leagues, you get someone that can produce a defenseman at least like five to seven points at night. I think that's someone you hold on to, and he's doing that through probably about half of his games from what I gathered. He's getting a couple of good games in here, but um, he is on the top D pair too with uh, Chris Letang, and uh, so that he's getting a lot of minutes from that. And uh, yeah, just looking at his ice time, some of the games he's logging up to 25 minutes, most recently logging 24 minutes. So mm-hmm. he was someone that I think if you're going to drop him, it's going to be because he's an ad drop guy. I don't see him having any long-term value on this team, even though he is uh, slotted on the top D pair. The Penguins' back end just doesn't get a lot of production. Very defensive, defensive team. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I think he's someone definitely who would be an ad drop candidate more than a straight drop. Yeah, honestly, I'd, I'd like to keep him on my roster. Uh, I dropped him this week because I'm playing the Hail Mary game, you know, just trying to go mm-hmm. for big numbers every night. He may not be that guy, but I did fill him in, and he had the 8.9 for me, so that, that was nice. But, you know, beyond that, you know, you, you need those uh, you need those starts. He had two days off. I needed the roster spot. He did have two games, 27 and 28. So he had three games this week. But I just couldn't I couldn't wait for it. You know, I needed to get some guys in those next couple of days. So I think he's actually worth an ad. Like he's he's a big drop mm-hmm. guy right now. But I think he's someone that I'm OK keeping on my roster again. He hasn't done anything in his last like 10 or 11 games here to really hurt you. He's not going negative. He's not he's only finished, you know, on the plus minus less than 0 just once through this through this stretch here. So, getting the puck to the net with regularity, blocking shots with regularity. I, I actually think he's a decent uh, buy option. It's just that yeah, because the production isn't booming, it's not out of this world. It's not consistently going over like 8 or 9 points really. You you may have some uh, weeks where he's going to get dropped. All right, last up here on the drop side of things, we've got Taylor Hall, 73% rostered on Yahoo platforms, minus two across the last day. Uh, Nick, I had to drop Taylor Hall this week. Sucks, but it's just very inconsistent play. Uh, Three out of his last four games, or I'm sorry, three out of his last five, he's finished with less than a point, 0.9, 0.9, 9.6, 0.9, 6.6, and he has just two points. And that in that stretch of games, like it's he's a very difficult player to manage if you you know don't have a lot of bench spots. Uh, I think he's worth a drop right now. I did it with my own money. I put my money where my mouth is. Uh, what do you what do you think about this? Did I um, did I slip up here? Oh, I no. Um, playing yeah. on the second line with uh, Eric Holla and David Pasternak, you'd expect this guy to be producing a lot more, but uh, he's not really. The last couple of games, only getting a shot on goal. Um, and yeah, looking at his ice time too, a couple of these games in his game log, only seeing 13 minutes of ice time, 15 minutes of ice time, even yeah, 14 the last game. So he's just someone that's not going to be on the ice enough to make a difference. Um, and yeah, he just seems like he's just going to be a flat even guy. He's not going to be in the negatives. He's just going to be flat at zero. And that's not going to get you anywhere in any fantasy matchup. So I would get this guy right off your roster because I'm sure there's definitely someone 
in the waiver wire that's uh, heating up a little bit more than a guy like this. Yeah, 918, and like you said, an even zero on the plus minus, you know, doesn't hurt you, doesn't doesn't necessarily bring it home either. He he had a big game on the 15th, 4-3 win over the Predators. He had a goal and assist. Like, if, if that's really all that I'm getting, you know, I, I feel like I can find that elsewhere. Right. Before that, it was a big game up against Washington, up against the Capitals, two assists. The game before that, up against Tampa, two assists. And then across those two games, the team scored 12 goals. He had no goals, and it was on the ice quite a bit, only had two shots. So, I don't know. There might be a little bit of a de- decline there. He's more of a sell candidate for me and definitely a drop candidate. Still 73% rostered. That name brand is carrying him. All right, we're going to jump over to some trade deadline buyer-sell conversation. But before we do, just another quick word from the sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the matchups. You can cash out for gift cards when your bets hit and even help raise money for charity along the way. Brand new company looking to grow their early adopter community. Slick app and fun to use. Very easy. One of the reasons we love it is they also offer prop betting. So if you're in a state that hasn't legalized gambling yet, you can get in on some prop bets on Better Fantasy. Check them out today at betterfantasy.com backslash SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R fantasy.com backslash S-G-P-N. We're also brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io backslash S-G-P-N. That's SoBet.io backslash S-G-P-N. Okay, and we're back. We're talking trade deadline, buy or sell. First guy up here we have, Nick, is Chris Letang. Uh, redraft and dynasty formats. Is he a buy in both, a sell in both? What do you think? Um, I think he's a buy right now. I think uh, his numbers down the stretch have been very consistent. He's not the most offensive guy, not scoring a lot of goals, but I talked about that before. You know, The Pittsburgh Penguins team plays a defensive, defensive hockey game. All their defensemen are very solid defensive defenseman and so Latang only five goals on the year but 33 assists and ranked 28 amongst fantasy leagues and so I like his numbers uh potted in a couple goals against Arizona he's getting some points here and there gets a lot of shots getting almost two to three shots a game blocks the puck a lot at least two to three blocks a game. even one of these games here he blocked nine should be the goalie with those kind of numbers. But, um, yeah, I like Chris Letang as someone uh, definitely down the stretch. I think he's someone that you can build your defense around. Even as a veteran player, he's still uh, kicking and producing. He had 15 fantasy points in that game with nine blocks. That's absolutely crazy. Um, so I'm going to say that he is a big sell candidate in Dynasty because I feel like you can get a haul for him. If you're at the back end of your league, if you're playing at the bottom of the standings and you own Chris Letang, I'm sure there is an owner in the top three or four teams that would love to have his production to maybe close out a championship run. You know, In a Dynasty league, you could be searching for a, a championship for many years, right? So maybe you look for somebody in that top three or four that hasn't won a championship in the league yet. They might be desperate. They might be hungry. And you could probably get back a healthy uh, draft pick or two and maybe uh, some young talent. Uh, some guys that I like, you know, like Lucas Raymond, Miro Heiskanen of the Dallas Stars. I mean, there's a lot of young talent out there that you can target right now that hasn't really, you know, turned the corner, that hasn't really, like, taken off yet. Like, it's, their production's good, but it's not, you know, like all-star level. It's not, you know, taking you on a deep playoff run type of, type of guys just yet. Uh, but I feel like there's a lot of young guns out there that you could target. So in Dynasty, it's a sell. But in Redraft, it's a huge buy uh, just because his production has been amazing. He's number five overall in the last 30 days for total production for forwards and defensemen. And on the season, he ranks number 22. So he's had a very stellar season. He has 400 fantasy points on the year and 192 have come across the last 30 days. That's how on fire he is right now. Like Nick mentioned, a game where he had you know, well, I guess he did have an assist in that game with nine blocks, but he didn't have to do a ton. You know, he had no shots on net. He had a power play point and an assist and nine blocks and got 15 fantasy points. Like the guy has been absolutely stellar. You want to go out and buy him in redraft, but a big sell candidate for me in um, in Dynasty. Getting up there in age, he's not going to be helping out your Dynasty team for many more seasons, at least at this rate. Uh, next guy up here, we have Chris Kreider of the New York Rangers. Um, another guy that's been on a roll. What do you think, Nick? Buy or sell for Dynasty and redraft formats? Well, right now he's a definite buy. I don't even know where you get started with Chris Kreider. His numbers are just insane. Looking mm-hmm. at down the stretch in his whole career, 
his best year, he had uh, 28 goals in uh, 78 or 75 games. This year, he's got 31 in 45 playing yes, on that hot Rangers team. He's someone that you should definitely target because this production could go uh, past this year. He could pile into next year as the New York Rangers continue to get better. The emergence of stars like Lafreniere, Kako, Adam Fox, Shesterkins, a lot of these younger guys that are stepping in, starting to make this team a contender again. And so I like Chris Kreider long-term, especially as well after what he's doing this year, playing at almost a point-a-game pace, which he's never been close to. His closest year to point-a-game, he had 53 points in 75 games in terms of a full regular season, or close mm-hmm. numbers close to that. So yeah, I, uh, I really like Kreider for this year, as well as uh, down the stretch in Dynasty. I will, very similar to Latang, I will buy him in redraft, but I want to sell him in Dynasty. Uh, like you mentioned, this is, he's having an amazing year, a career year, but I expect regression. You know, he is playing on that top line with Zabanejad and Alexei Laflonier, uh, and he's and he's put up beautiful production. Number nine mm-hmm. on the season in total production for all forwards and defensemen with 445 fantasy points, and number 11 in the last 30 days with 170. So he's clicking at a high rate, but I do feel like after this year, he's going to have some regression. He may not play on that top line. The Rangers may go out and they may get a big free agent signing. They have plenty of cap room so they could get up another you know top scorer in the league uh, up there with Lafreniere and Zibanejad and Kreider wouldn't be you know necessarily feeding into that high octane offense um, or at least just not at the same rate you know when you're playing with guys like that you know, your young star young stars I should say in Lafreniere and Zibanejad uh, at the age of 30 again another guy that you know you're probably getting a couple more good years out of him but I don't believe that in that he's going to continue to like produce at these high rates for the next couple of years. So a buy for me in redraft. I'd like to get a bit of that top lines action out of Zabanajad and uh, Kreider, who have been really carrying uh, carrying the load there. But in Dynasty, I want to try to you know flip him for a draft pick or two, or flip him right. for another young gun that I've mentioned. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. Next up, Rupe Hints of the Dallas Stars. This team's got a great young core. Uh, he's got 19 goals and 17 assists this season. What do you think, Nick? I think this guy right here definitely doesn't get talked about enough. I think he's someone that goes under the radar. Um, but just as of recently in fantasy especially, you know, you look four points last game, but 20, 14, 18, 16, 16, 5, mm-hmm. 4, 22. Like this guy, he's producing at a pretty high level, 19 goals and 17 assists on the year, um, on pace to put up career numbers. And so I think this is uh, someone right now, especially because of how young he is, I think he's someone that uh, is another guy I think you buy. I think that Dallas Stars team, they still got a lot of young pieces. They still have Klingberg, who is not out of his prime yet, I don't think. I think he can still produce well. They have Miro Heiskinen, and they have uh, Jason Robertson, Kiwi Ranta, a lot of young pieces that are going to be coming up over the next couple of years. And I think Rope Hintz can... uh, lead that all off at only 25 years old i think he's someone that'll be there long term and i think that's someone who's lined up for long-term success yeah i want to buy all of him so buy him in redraft buy him in dynasty and i'll go a step further like i'll take all of these young dallas stars i was gonna say young guns but there's dallas stars <laughs> uh mm-hmm. i would i would take all these guys heisken and like you mentioned he's 22 jason robertson is 22 jake ottinger and net is 23 rupe hints is 25 like i love all of the, all of this talent klingberg is 29 still so yeah he probably has another like three or four solid years left in him as well and i feel like this team is really starting to get it together uh, you had mentioned his recent production, but Hintz is number 34 in total production on the season uh, for uh, offense and defense, 363 fantasy points. And in the last 30 days, he's put up 143. That puts him at number 21 for all forwards and defensemen. So, yeah, I'm all in on him. Jason Robertson as well. He's been hitting at a high rate. He's only played, I believe, 86 or 87 games uh, in his career, and he's got about 85 or 86 uh, total points. So I like Robertson as well. USA USA player, young kid from California. I'm hoping he uh, can help us turn it around on the uh, international level as well. All right, next up we've got uh, an, an elder statesman. We've got Marc-Andre Fleury. I don't know what to do with this guy. He's number 12 on the season for goaltending uh, total uh, fantasy production, 344 fantasy points. He's number 11 uh, in the last 30 days, but I mean, this guy doesn't stay above water for very long. You know, he had a he had a really really good run at the at the start of this month from the eighth through the seventeenth, and since then it's just been a big old dip. 
Uh, four goals against on the 21st. Two let in on um, the 24th, but still took a loss. That was his best game. That was against Colorado. Had 27 saves. He's got nine goals against in his last two starts. I don't know what to do with this guy. Um, he's hot and cold. He's getting older. I feel like for sure he's a big sell candidate in Dynasty, but is he someone that you'd try to go out there and make like a buy-low offer in, uh, in redraft? Yeah, I think you could probably get a buy-low offer for him just because his recent numbers haven't been too consistent. But in terms of Dynasty, I, don't, I would not touch him. I don't know what his future is going to be like next year. Him be only being on a one-year contract with the Blackhawks, you know, there is a chance that he could retire. You know, that's still up in the air. We don't know exactly what's going to happen with him. I know there's a lot of trade talks with him at the deadline. I've seen a couple mock deals, one being for uh, Edmonton Oilers, Washington Capitals, I know, are on the table. A lot of teams out there that uh, Flory could go to. But right now, there's just too much uncertainty around him. So I would not want him in Dynasty Redraft at uh, buy low, maybe. But yeah, right now, down the stretch, looking one to two years in the future, I don't see Flurry really being that consistent as he is getting older too. And uh, right now his numbers aren't backing up his play. Yeah, can't can't really agree uh, or disagree there. Um, I feel like he's a big dumb candidate for me. Moving off the Blackhawks, I don't know. Yeah, he may retire, but I feel like he would go to a contender just to, I don't know. I just feel like the, this year, this season with the Chicago Blackhawks, they've just completely underperformed. I don't feel like he, this is how he wants to go out. Um, maybe, you know, he's having fun behind the scenes, but it's never fun losing and letting up this many goals all the time and just playing behind such a less than mediocre defense. Yeah, I feel like he's going to find some greener pastures. He's still 37 years old. He might have another year or two left in him, um, but I'm thinking he's going to be uh, dipping out and heading to a contender in the offseason. I don't think that does enough for me in Dynasty to say, like, hey, let's spend some draft capital on him. You know, if you could trade him for an aging player in uh, in Dynasty, that's fine. Like an old guy for right. an old guy, that's cool. Mm -hmm. But you don't want to get any draft picks involved. So I'm going to say to probably stay away, probably a big sell candidate for me. No no buying for me on uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. Yeah. Sad I to say it. There. Sad to say it. <laughs> All right, last up here, and we're going to be heading out. We got uh, Anthony Duclair of the Florida Panthers. Duclair having a solid season. He ranks number 64 in total production with 322 fantasy points. But in the last 30 days, he is number 18 with 147. This is a player that we brought up a few times during the season, during his hot and cold runs. Uh, seems to still be keeping things pretty hot right now, Nick. Well, what do you think about Duclair? Yeah, I think he's someone that you get in a redraft and a dynasty too. Because again, with this Florida Panthers team, they are very young. Verhage's not that old yet. Barkov's still young. Duclair is even still like right in his prime. Ben is still young. Huberto, Lundell, Reinhardt, um, Ekblad still young. Weger, Forsling. Like they just have so many young pieces, and this team down the stretch is going to be good. You know, yeah, Spencer Knight that's going to be coming up here, probably going to be an NHL starter within the next few years. Granted, mm -hmm. he's been kind of shaky right now, but it's his first year in the league. He's one of those guys that just needs some time, I think, and uh, then he'll get his feet under him, start playing well. But yeah, I like this Florida Panthers team, and I like Duclair and how he fits on this team because I think this team the next three to five years will be in the Stanley Cup Finals. I think they are going to be in those games, in those big moments, because uh, their younger guys are going to start aging. They're going to get more experience, and I think Duclair is going to go right along with that. Especially, you know, he's going to be a top six guy, going to get a lot of minutes for you down the stretch. So I think he is someone that you would definitely buy because of uh, the Panthers' young core. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I. I don't know about them making a run to the finals. That would be awesome. You know, putting Sunrise Florida on the map with a Stanley Cup. Um, my big knock on them as a team, they've got Sergei uh, Bobrovsky, $10 million a year at the age of 33, and he signed through 25-26. That's not appetizing. But with Anthony Duclair, they have him signed for this season and another two seasons at $3 million a year, which is a very team-friendly uh, contract given his performance he's a plus 26 on the season like he's been playing right. great i mm -hmm. i agree he's a buy in redraft and a buy in dynasty because i don't think he's going to cost that much he doesn't have that name uh name brand value on him like people you know kind of disregard him because he's been disregarded in the nhl he's been tossed around the league and he's found a really clean spot here in florida yeah i'm gonna buy in um, like I mentioned, 322 fantasy points on the season. He's having a career year, 
and he's not getting scored on plus 26 on mm-hmm. the year. That's pretty amazing for a forward. So yeah, I want every little bit I can get of him. He's a uh, 75% rostered on Yahoo platform. So go out and get Anthony Duclair, spend a pretty penny on him in dynasty as well. He's still 26 years old. I think he's got another solid four or five years in him. Uh, he's playing, who do, who is it, Sam Bennett and Huberto on line two? Yeah, is that right? Bennett and Huberto. That's a scary second line, I think. Yeah, absolutely. If, if there's mm-hmm. little to no change there, then he's in a very good spot for another couple of years. I don't know what type of big moves they're going to make because, like I just mentioned, they're overly committed to Sergei Bobrovsky. I would hope that they could get that contract off the books somehow. I don't know how. $10 million a year for a 33-year-old goalie is pretty outlandish. I think they, <laughs> excuse me, they'd like to get a little bit more help on the back end on defense, but this is a very well-rounded team, and Anthony Duclair has kind of just become, you know, a part of that mold. So, uh, give me every little bit of them. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all we have for this episode here for Fantasy Hockey Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, Episode Five. Anything to share before we head out, Nick? Yeah, uh, just got going on Twitter. Check me out at uh, Face Off with OZ. Posting a lot of hockey content over there. Fantasy hockey, betting, basically everything hockey you'll find over there. And uh, I hope that I can get a follow from you guys. Yep, absolutely. And you can follow me at T-I-T-T-H-J-B on Twitter. Look out for Nick's picks as well, as well as my full D-Gen A-H-L picks. I am 8-1 in the A-H-L this season. I have found my golden side pot. Every one of these matchups is giving plus money. They don't care who's playing. They got the Ontario Reign playing some, you know, uh, I don't know, just some some made up team. I literally look at AHL teams and like the names they they don't seem real, you know. Right. Uh, one of them's not coming to me. Mm-hmm. Lavel something. I don't know. Yeah, anyway, the Lavelle Rockets. <laughs> Lavelle Rockets. Yeah, like that just mm-hmm. sounds made up. Like I I don't, I don't know. That sounds like it's going to be a, a fake team name in like Slapshot Five. I I don't, I don't know. But mm-hmm. either way. Uh, I think like the worst value I've gotten is like minus one Oh five. Like everything's like plus one fifty five, plus one Oh eight. So mm-hmm. check out our picks on Twitter uh, and also check out picks and podcasts from the sports gambling podcast network at gambling podcast. Take care. Be well, be good. And if you can't be good, be good at it. We'll see you.